and welcome to The Chronic Glow Show. I'm Amy and my mission is to help women transform their mindset and take a step forward with chronic illness. So grab a cup of tea, sit back and let's get straight into the episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Chronic Glow Show. I'm very excited to introduce you to another guest today. This is Hazal and she's coming on to talk all about her chronic illness, her condition, her story and just raise a little bit of awareness about what she's been going through and give her a platform and a voice which I'm so excited. So would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, hi, yes I'm Hazal. Thanks for having me on. Um, so like I said, my name is Hazal. I'm from London. I'm 30 years old. And my chronic illness journey started back in 2019. Uh, before that, I was kind of, apart from my PCOS, I was absolutely healthy. I uh, didn't really have any issues with my health or my body. Um, started off with migraine, which uh, led me into hospital. I was in there for about four or five months. Left hospital with my sight loss and my IIH diagnosis, which is a rare um, neurological condition. So it's a rare brain disease. Um, since then, my health has been like a roller coaster. It's been very, very up and down. Uh, it's been very unpredictable. I've not really been able to do much with myself. Um, and I've had another diagnosis come through as well. So um, at the end of last year, I was diagnosed with Beshit's disease which is another rare condition so I seem to be attracting all of the rare illnesses of the world towards me um yeah that, that's kind of a little bit about me and, and the kind of illnesses that I'm battling on a daily basis yeah thank you so much so obviously you've said that you've got two rare conditions are these things that you had sort of come across before or kind of suspected that you might have or did they kind of come completely out of the blue for you so the IIH completely out of the blue. Um, I had always kind of suffered with migraines growing up, but um, I mean, I was a student and all students kind of suffer with migraines and I'd always had, I was in recruitment, which is a high pressure job. So every time I'd complained about the headache, doctors would just say, yeah, it's a migraine. It's normal. You, you know, we live in a world where we're always surrounded by stress. Nobody has a stress-free life. And my, my job was very, very, you know, it's a very high-paced, high-stress job. So I didn't really ever think anything of it until beginning of 2019, where it was, it was so intense. Like, it was a pain I had never felt before. I was popping pills like, like nothing. It was like every hour, every other hour, I was taking a painkiller. Um, I couldn't really function at work. I couldn't function at home. I couldn't eat anything. I was struggling to drive. Um, and I kind of passed out at home. My family rushed me into hospital. Um, and yeah, it was completely out of the blue. It was something that it was an illness that I had, me and my family had never, ever heard of before. Um, it's actually one in 100,000 people wow. that it affects. So it is very, very rare. Yeah. Mm. Um, and because it's so rare, it took the doctors um, like three weeks to even consider it or know what it was. Until then, they didn't know what they were dealing with and they didn't know what to do with me as well, which delayed the treatment that I needed and caused my sight loss. Mm. So did it, the main symptom was that the migraines that started and then were the symptoms sort of added in as time went on before you led up to that diagnosis? 
So it started off with um, the, the headaches. Um, and when you have a headache, it doesn't matter. Like, I think I was kind of being, the consultants kind of just thought I was being a drama queen. They were like, it's just a migraine. She's exaggerating. The painkillers will take it away. Um, and then when my sight went blurry, it went from blurry to absolutely nothing. I, I lost full vision um, in, a, in the space of a few days. That's when they thought, okay, yeah, there's something seriously wrong. They transferred me over to Charing Cross to their neurology ward. And they, um, they specialize in IIH, they know all about it. So they knew exactly what they were dealing with. Um, and while they were treating me, um, I, my speech went a bit slurry my um walking went i mean my family was spoon feeding me they were helping me with everything so um i it's it's very similar to the symptoms of a stroke um i mean in a way it was brain damage and i i'm in a mental state of mind now where i can say i'm really really lucky to have only have lost my sight because i, I could have lost a lot more mm. So where are you now with your sight? Because obviously I can see your own glasses now. So yeah. sort of partially come back or? Um, so with treatment, I had so many lumbar punctures, more than I can count now. And then um, they had, I had emergency surgery to have um, a shunt fitted, a, a lumbar peritoneal shunt fitted to constantly drain the excess fluid in my brain, around my brain, sorry. Um, which kind of gave me back some of my sight, but the majority of it's gone. So I have a very small central tunnel vision. Um, so if you're directly in front of me, I can see some of you, but not all of you. Okay. So the sides um, are not there. Low down here is not there and then up above is not there. Um, but the vision that I do have is blurry, which is why I wear yeah. the glasses. So when, when I don't have it off, I can barely notice um, people from a distance. Um, yeah, but I I didn't at the beginning I wasn't wearing glasses. So no. I think where my eyes were working so hard to be able to 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 deal with the limited vision that they have, it put a strain on the on them and my vision got worse. Mm, that must have been terrifying for you because I feel like people always go like their sight is almost the worst fear of losing, isn't it? Oh my god, I was in I say it now it's the worst thing that ever happened to me um it's the scariest time of my life it's a time that I try I would never ever want to go back to even now when I have to go back to hospital for like checkups and appointments like it, it triggers my anxiety and like, I have to mentally prepare myself from the day before um walking into the hospital I kind of go like it just brings it all back um yeah it you don't realize how important your sight is until it's gone yeah and i'm so grateful for the little bit that i do have but for the most part for the for the for the two years until i got used to it i was focusing so much on what i lost and what i didn't have and what i couldn't see um i mean i'm so grateful for the family that i have and, and the close group of friends that i have because i would not have pulled myself out of the state of depression that i was in if it wasn't for them so what are the um, sort of residing symptoms that you still have sort of after, after the diagnosis and the treatment? Sort of what, how's it looking ongoing? I still have headaches. Um, I mean, I call them headaches, but they're like extreme migraines. 
um, it, it just kind of feels like either someone is crushing down on my skull or from the inside, my skull is going, my brain is going to explode outwards. It's really, really excruciating. And, and at the worst point, I, I like lie in bed and I'm completely like frozen to a point where, um, I, I mean, I have a water bottle with the straw, um, sucking the water from the straw is too painful. Talking is painful because the sound of my own voice echoes in my head and it hurts. I'm unable to move at all physically. So I just lie there really limp. Um, and that is the most extreme that it can get. And that can last a couple of hours or it can last days or weeks. Mm. Um, and I can get these flare ups on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, or I can not have it for like three to four months. Yeah. Um, it's really annoying because it can be triggered by if I've had a really stressful time, if I've not slept enough, if I've not drunk enough water, if I've not had enough to eat, or say for example, if, if I came to meet you and we went for a coffee and we went shopping, just that busy crowded environment is too much for my brain to handle and it tires me out physically and the next day I will have a headache. But sometimes it's absolutely nothing, like yeah. absolutely nothing will trigger it. And there's no cause or no reason. So it's just so hard to make plans or stick to a routine. Trying to manage that must be. Yeah. Really, really yeah. Difficult. And it's not just headaches that is the symptom. I have um, really bad tinnitus. So I have this constant ringing in my ears. Um, it's either one ear or the both. It can be constant or it can come and go. Um, when my headaches are bad, it affects my balance. So my balance goes off. Um, my vision gets worse. So it becomes more blurry and darker, which is scary because I think, oh, is this temporary because of my headache or is it getting worse permanently? Mm. Um, it affects my appetite. So whatever I eat, I will just throw up, um, which means that the medication I take, which I need to take on a daily basis, I can't keep down, which then makes the condition worse. So it's like a really bad cycle that I get stuck in, um, which is why at that point, my family will just call an ambulance and they'll take me in and they'll, they'll have to give me everything through um, IV because at least then they know it's in me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy to think that this is my normal now when two, three years ago, I was absolutely fine. Yeah, and it's it's all just sort of happened, gone from zero to a hundred almost. Yeah, and 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 there was no cause to it. Like you know, I didn't have a knock on the head. I didn't have an accident. I, you know, I wasn't a drug addict. I wasn't an alcoholic. I didn't have high cholesterol. Like that, they they they. I mean, the the IIH the first I stands for idiopathic, which means unknown cause. Right. Um, which doesn't really help because you want to know why it's happening to you it kind of would help you to deal with it if there was something to be angry at in a way but yeah, i know what you mean and as, yeah. as well you're not even just grieving the fact that you've you're chronically ill as well you're grieving your eyesight you're grieving you're, you're, yeah. you're grieving this life that you knew that yeah. you it's completely changed it's not just symptoms that affect you daily there's you know real life shifts here that have, will impact exactly. your life for the rest of your life yeah. And apart from my family, people don't understand. They think because people just think it's just a headache and you th they think, well, it's just a headache. You know, you can deal with that. No, it's not just a headache. It, it takes over my whole body. It takes over everything. It, it literally, it literally
really cripples me where I'm bed bound and I cannot do anything for myself. Um, and it's just because it's so rare, people don't know. Like if it was an illness that was known about and, and more commonly understood, then, you know, you would say, for example, oh, I have MS. Oh, okay. I, you know, I know what you go through. I understand what you deal with. I have IIH. What's that? And it's, yeah. it's so hard to explain what it is and what it's about that people don't really get it. Yeah. And do you find, cause I found this sometimes when I've explained symptoms, do you find people ask what it is, but they don't actually want to hear they what don't is. they don't they don't want to hear or what's worse is they compare it to themselves and they say oh yeah I get that sometimes yeah. and I'm like no you don't <laughs> no you don't <laughs> you really really don't <laughs> and if you do you need to get to a hospital <laughs> because it's an invisible illness as well and that, that's the exactly. other layer to it people look yeah. at you and think oh you just look like a normal young girl who's getting on with her life and, yeah. and they have no idea that there's such difficult, exactly. debilitating things going on. And because, yeah, like you said, it's an invisible illness. They can't see it on you. Well, you look absolutely fine. You know, you're walking about, going about your business, you're smiling, you're happy. And because it doesn't gradually come on, it can suddenly come on. Like I could be out doing what I'm doing and then suddenly it can be really bad and I I need to go home I need to be in a dark room I need to sit down or I need to be and it's just like why you were fine two minutes ago what happened and most of the time the answer is I don't know my, my body has just shut down yeah and you've got to just take that and and yeah and deal with that so um I was having a little stalk of your Instagram earlier and I noticed that you have um your own company blind beauty would you like yes talk to us a little bit about that yes so it launched this year april 17th um, i launched april 17th because april 17th was the day i completely lost my sight mm. and i just wanted to change what that day means for me because every time april 17th came around i was just oh my god this is the day it all happened and i was becoming really miserable and it was taking me back to that space and i just wanted to change the meaning of that for me yeah. um but yeah, I, I kind of got the idea for it because I was always really, really interested in beauty and skincare in particular, and ever since I was young. And even in hospital, when I was fighting for my life and fighting for my sight and dealing with all of everything that was going on, I had all of my skincare products with me. I, <laughs> I had a hair mask, I had a skin mask, I had like a full on face scrub, moisturizer, toner, everything. And it really, really angered and frustrated me that they all, because I couldn't physically see them, all the bottles were the same. They all felt the same. They all smelt the same. And I had to wait for, I mean, the nurses didn't think it was important for somebody who was as sick as me to do a full skincare routine every morning. So I had it to wait for to my, you. It was to me, yeah. yeah oh my God. Then it is important. <laughs> skin was so bad in hospital because, okay, I couldn't see it, but I could feel it. And, yeah. and it felt horrible. And I had to wait for my family to come or I would say to them like, place this here and place that there, or I would put like a hairband around certain things. And then I thought to myself, I may not get back all of my sight, but I'm going to get back some of my sight. But some people have no sight at all for, for their whole life. How, what do they do? Like, how do they deal with this? And why is, like, 
how how is nothing catered to blind people it just made me because i had never had any sight issues it made me realize nothing is accessible yeah you suddenly realize that the huge accessibility issue that you in the world yeah have no idea about yeah like the amount of steps there are everywhere with no warning of, of a step and 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 how much of a struggle things are and i just thought how does someone who lives on their own who's blind or someone who lives with a man who doesn't understand the difference of things like how do they do it and it just kind of stuck with me throughout and yeah that that's just how it led to blind beauty and that's why I think I wanted the packaging to be I always knew I wanted to create something one for blind and visually impaired people to be able to easily have their own products use their own products without the need of having help from somebody else so they can pick up their product and they can run their finger across it feel the braille and say okay this is my cream this is my scrub this is my um toner that sense of being independent isn't it exactly yeah to give them that independence because it's so important but also to raise awareness of the lack of accessibility and raise awareness of what it is what it feels like to be blind or visually impaired because a friend of mine said to me why is your packaging so plain your your packaging is so plain so white and all it says is scrub microdermabrasion scrub and i said well for someone who's blind that's all they feel with the label so why should you see more than they feel and she just froze on the phone and she said, oh my God, I, I never thought of it in that way. Yeah, all the products you get in Boots and Superdrug, they're beautifully designed and packaged with all the colours and the patterns and all the wording that they put on there. But a blind person doesn't get to experience that. They don't get to see that. All they get is one label that tells them it's a cream. So I've just thought, for, let me take all of, strip all of that away and give yeah. a fully sighted person, the, only give them what a blind person would have. Yeah, because actually that's all you need as well. The, yeah, you don't need all the extras. All you need is a tub that tells you what's inside. Yeah, and that's it. If you've got a decent product, that's all you actually need. Yeah, exactly. That's all people what, care about. Yeah, so I thought I will focus more on what's inside of the tub yeah. than what's on the outside and let the product speak for itself. And yeah, I mean, I've, not, I've, I've had really, really positive feedback so far. So hopefully it carries on. I love it. And I think that it's it's the fact that you have stripped it all back and made it so simple, but you're focusing on what's really important and you're giving blind people who want to be able to have that beauty side and the skincare and all the rest of it, they can have that independence. They can make themselves feel whatever, however it makes them feel without the accessibility issue. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Exactly. Because being, being blind doesn't mean you don't want to look or feel beautiful. Oh. And um, I've also sort of added, so me with my chronic illness, um, my skincare is nowhere near where it used to be, like with my headaches. So for example, having a shower really, really tires me out. I have to mentally prepare myself <laughs> to have a shower. And then when I come out of the shower, I normally straight into bed and have a nap for a good five, 10 minutes. So um, if, I mean, I've got a couple more products coming out, but even with my first product, the scrub, if you scrub yourself, uh, use that on your face, your skin will feel instantly moisturized. So because for me, the scrubs that I was using before were drying out my face, but the process of scrubbing my skin was tiring me out. And then that nap, and then I would wake up and then my skin was really dry. So I thought, no, I'm going to produce something that would also help chronically ill people as well. So I can use my product, scrub my face, 
and it instantly feels moisturized and I can go and have my little nap and wake up and I don't have that dry feeling anymore. That's it. So it's That's like it. everything is a two in one as well I to minimize yeah, definitely. The amount of times I'll like use a face wash, face wash or anything that you typically use a sort of an oil or a serum or a moisturizer afterwards. And while I would love to have these elaborate skincare routines and occasionally I will have elaborate skincare routines yeah. quite a lot of the time. It's at the end of the day, I literally want to get my makeup off, yeah, get my face washed and get into bed. I do not want to be spending half an hour doing this and these lotions and these potions. Like I literally yeah. want wash my face and a moisturizer. And quite often I've, I make sure that the things that I use don't need, they don't require a moisturizer. I have really dry skin. So quite often I will end up putting that on, but I, I like to have the option of not having to put it on if I'm feeling really fatigued yeah. and I just wanted to get into bed. So I think that's brilliant catering for both blind people and chronically ill people. I think it's just amazing. Because before I used to have that really long elaborate skincare routine, which I now still want to do, but I physically cannot do. It but doesn't mean that I don't still want that beautiful skin yeah. and I don't want to still yeah. look after my skin. I just physically cannot do it. Yeah. And there's nothing that caters to that. And I think that's really, really, really unfair because we haven't chosen to be ill. We're not lazy. We just physically can't do it. And a lot of people don't understand it. That, that stigma of, oh, you're lazy. Oh, I wish I could spend all day in bed. Be my guest. I don't want to spend all day in bed. Exactly. Yeah, I want to go out there and live my life and do things and enjoy the world. And do you find that a lot of people think, because um, I, I talk a lot about protecting your energy and, you know, choosing the things that are really important to you. And I think there will be a sort of idea around this idea that makeup and beauty and skincare isn't an essential. So why are you prioritizing it? And it's yeah. this idea that just because we're chronically ill doesn't mean that we need to give up things that we love and make us feel good. We're prioritizing those things. And yes, okay, we might be prioritizing that over something that you deem more valuable and more worthwhile, but it's down to the person. And just because you're chronically ill doesn't mean that you can't enjoy those things and you can't feel beautiful. You can't, you can't indulge in some, something, you know, you're choosing how you spend your energy. That's up to you ultimately. And, and the yeah. fact that you're giving that product to people to be able to do that and also conserve a bit of energy is just incredible. 100%. Anybody who now gives me that kind of negative vibe, I cut out of my life because <laughs> who are you to tell me that because I'm chronically ill, I can't still try and look and feel beautiful? Who are you to tell me that I have to walk around in fluffy slippers and a dressing gown all day every day because I'm chronically ill? You go do that. Yeah. I, I want to get up and dress in nice clothes and, you know, wear my makeup and do something nice with my day. It might only be for an hour and I'll get back into my pajamas, but that's that's my life that's my reality yeah and, and sometimes doing that I mean even sometimes I've been so ill and maybe I've been in bed for two or three days and I've just like literally slobbed out in my pajamas in the bed and you just get to a point where you're like I need to get changed I need to have a shower I need to do my skincare I need to put some makeup on and you're not feeling any better but you almost decide okay today I'm going to spend my energy on those things because I know it's going to make me feel so much better mentally and emotionally never mind physically sometimes you've got to take that out of it and just think if this is going to make me feel better mentally then it's worthwhile doing 
and exactly that yeah absolutely I love it I feel like I don't know if this is if if it's like this for you but I feel like a lot of the time my physical health and my mental health go hand in hand Mm -hmm. and if my physical health has gone down my mental health will go down as well so I I can't control my physical health but if I can do little things to pick up my mental health sometimes my physical health will kind of creep up with it as well yeah that's it and and I think it's it's these little coping mechanisms these little tools these little things that we can do for ourselves that just make us feel a little bit better that just make us feel a little more beautiful or a little bit more motivated or a little bit more empowered anything that just makes us and gives us that boost or relieves that anxiety relieves that sort of the darkness then it just helps doesn't it and as you say it might not help your physical health health but if you feel better men- mentally and you're coping with it more then that's not a bad thing of course like obviously that's going to be a good thing and only you know your own body only you know what's going to be good for you and help you and who's anybody else to judge yeah absolutely so where where, where is this business going what are your next plans for i would love to love to know what what's next (laughs) (laughs) so i've got um two new products coming out um hopefully fingers crossed covid doesn't get in the way um in the first week of june so we've got a it's a two-in-one face wash and cleanser amazing so it's a clarifying one so it's very very good for people with um oily skin it's oily to normal skin um but it's also got so it feels like a cleanser but it's a face wash so it can be good to use if you want at the end of the day if you wanted to take off your makeup with it but it's also perfect to use in the morning as a face wash as well and i'm also coming out with a toner which is um, rose water with aloe vera in there as well so it might be great for you because you said you had dry skin yeah and um what i've what i've done with it is it's going to be coming out in a spray bottle because for me i i always miss the cotton pad or i always because i can't see how much i'm pouring onto my cotton pad and i always pour too much or not enough or i'm so you can you can spray it so you know two or three pumps and you're done or you can just spray it directly onto your face um the drier your skin is leave it on for a little bit longer and then you can just wipe away with your cotton pads and good to go sounds amazing i love the idea of having a spray instead because i feel like that's if you're going to be much more accurate even if you're slightly off you're going to be much more accurate because it's just going on a wider surface isn't it exactly yeah and there'll be less wastage as well with the product because i've spilt my toners so much and i think a spray I'd, i'd much rather miss with one spray pump than yeah pour a load of liquid away and it's gone so. yeah so can we talk a little bit about how you balance your time and your chronic illness while managing this business do you work as well or is your is your priority your business at the moment no I don't work anymore um purely because I think recruitment is so competitive so fast paced and stress triggers my symptoms I thought I don't want to do it I, I thought even you've got to put yourself first I'm going to put myself first and um, my company that I worked for were really, really good. They were really supportive throughout and they were, they, they said, we completely understand. And they did say the door's always open, even if you want to come in and do half a day a week. And I thought, actually, I don't, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to spend that half a day a week enjoying my life instead of yeah. doing this. Um, oh, so how I do it with the business is 
I wake up, I, I, I don't live with alarm clocks anymore. Um, I let my body wake up naturally whenever it wants to wake up, whether that's 7 a.m., whether that's 11 a.m. And I, I'll just go with the day when I wake up. And if it's a good day and I'm feeling refreshed and positive and energized, I'll get up and I'll do what I need to do. And if it's not a good day, I won't do anything at all so what i always do at the end of the week is i will have a list of things that i need to do and instead of writing down a, like um a deadline of this needs to be done for this day or this needs to be done for that day it's just what needs to be done and then as and when i'm feeling well enough i'll just tick them off the only thing that needs to be done by a certain time or a deadline is like shipping and packaging products but i mean i've got my mom i've got my sister so that would always be done i mean i think because of the excitement of it being so new and so fresh i think even if i was feeling horrible i'd drag myself out of bed and <laughs> that, that product and i'd send it off but then it feels like your baby it? it's like this yeah. you want to just spend all your time doing it yeah so it sounds like you've got a nice balance now as well. And, and is that one of the reasons that you wanted to start your own business so that you did have that flexibility and that balance? Or yeah, because I didn't have to answer to anyone. And as nice as somebody is to you and as understanding as they are, you still feel guilty for letting someone down. But this is mine and it's my business. And, I'm, and I've come to understand and accept and love myself and my body for what it is now. And if I wake up, and I'm feeling horrible and I need to spend a day in bed or two days in bed. Whereas before I used to think, oh my God, I've wasted a day. I've been, I've not done anything productive. I've changed my mindset now. And I think, no, my body needs that extra rest at the moment. My body needs that extra TLC at the moment. And so it has been a productive day because I've given my body what it needs. Amazing. So yeah. So it, because I am my own boss, I, I don't answer to anyone and that guilt has gone away and I can prioritize myself and my health before anything. And also you can work when you feel good, you know, if yeah. that, that's seven o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock at night, it, it doesn't. To be honest with you, most of the work I do is like three, four o'clock in the morning <laughs> because I nap so much during the day. Yeah. And when you're feeling inspired and you're, when you're feeling motivated and you're feeling energized, that's when you need to do it. And and at the end of the day, when it's your own business and you're not having to answer to anybody, then you've got that flexibility to do yeah. it. It's you and your health, which is... My mum walked in on me one day because I was making a lot of noise and it was half three in the morning and I've got a big whiteboard that I write all my ideas on. And she's like, what are you doing? I, like, I couldn't sleep and I had this idea and I had to get it down on the board. <laughs> and she just looked at me like I was really, really crazy. But it, it works for me. My routine works for me. Before I was really, really like... I need to get a routine. I need to sleep on time. I need to wake up on time, but routine doesn't work for my body. So no. now I listen to my body. If my body wants to sleep, I'll sleep regardless of what time it is. And if my body wants to wake up, I'll wake up regardless of what time it is. I mean, the fact that we've been in lockdown and the world hasn't had a routine has kind of helped me with that. <laughs> I think this is the thing. There's a big, um, I see it all the time. You need to get into a routine, have a solid morning routine, have a solid evening routine. And, and while I, agree to some extent that having little things that you do every day can help like I have little daily habits things that I do that help me I don't do it at a certain time or in a certain order and it's really about finding that flow to do what suits you and when it suits yeah. you um and you know I I you might have seen I did the morning flow workbook and 
and it it's not anything about like do this at seven o'clock and then do this at eight o'clock it's literally about do what's best for you and accepting that you might not be what that influencer does and you might not be able to do what that celebrity does and what who whoever does and you're doing what's good for you then that honestly is game changing isn't it it is and I think it's more people need to be honest about it I posted once um this was on my old account before I lost it that I haven't been feeling well enough for the past three days to get out of bed and even brush my teeth let alone have a shower that's how ill I've been and the only productive thing I've done today is get up and brush my teeth and the amount of girls that messaged me and said, I'm so glad that you posted that because this is how I've been for the last week. And I, I thought it wasn't normal and I thought it was just me. And I thought, well, this is our body. Yeah. And when, you, when it's those little things that, like, it's, you know, the basic hygiene type things, brushing your teeth, washing your face, whatever, when you find yourself not able to do them, you almost start telling yourself that it's, oh, you're just being lazy. You just need to brush your teeth. Like it's basic hygiene. And it's such a dangerous narrative to get into because, okay, so what? You don't wash your teeth one morning. Like, yeah. does the world end? No, it's fine. Like, give yourself Before some I used to force myself and I think I have to get up and brush my teeth and then get back into bed. But that physical process of getting up and, and getting into the bathroom and brush, it was... What, you just can't do it? It was, it was escalating my pain so much where I thought, if you don't force yourself as out and you just let yourself lay in bed for an extra few hours, you'll be fine. Yeah. And you, whenever you get up is the time that you will get up and brush your teeth. It doesn't have to be done first thing in the morning. Sometimes I won't brush my teeth till two o'clock in the afternoon because I just haven't yeah. been able to get up. Exactly. You know what? It's fine. I'll probably be brushing them again in three hours when I go to bed, but that's fine. It's um, fine. my routine. It works for me. Exactly. That's exactly it. I love that. So um, one final question for you, which I ask all of my guests is if somebody was just diagnosed with a chronic illness or condition or whatever it is, what would be your biggest advice for them? Oh, to let their body go through what it needs to go through. I think I was in denial for a very, very long time and I was comparing myself to the old me and I was getting upset with myself for not being able to do things that I used to do. But it was only when I thought to myself, okay, that's the old Hazel. She, she's gone. She died. We've grieved her. We've cried for her. This is the new Hazel. There's nothing wrong with her. She's not less able. She's not less than this is just, she just does things differently. And I'm not going to compare her to the old Hazel or to anybody else in the world. I'm just going to learn how she does things and how she can handle things and how she copes with things. It's literally like being reborn. That's the best thing that I, that's the best way I can put it. And when I, when I, when I stopped competing with myself is when I started to be able to understand my condition and deal with it and manage it a lot better. I love that. It's so important. So, so important. And that's, that's really how you gradually start to find that acceptance. Yeah. Your body and for what you're going through right now as well. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on. Um, before no, thanks we, for having me. Oh, and um, before we finish off, can you just tell 
us where people can find you if they want to come and have a look or if they want to look at your um, business or anything like that where can they find sure. you sure so my personal instagram is hasbell.babassin and the business page is blind beauty uk but that's um, i've got that in my personal bio as well i will link it all um in the show notes below so thank you so much for coming on i've really enjoyed our chat today yeah same and i will see you all in the next episode thank you so much for listening to this episode and if you enjoyed it i would love if you could leave a five-star review and subscribe to my podcast if you haven't already i appreciate all your support so much and i can't wait to see you in the next episode Thank you.